This is Good, Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Nate, and with me via Zoom is Charles Chuck Thompson. How's it going today, man? It's your birthday, by the way, so I just wanted to go ahead and say that everyone should tell you happy birthday in the well, live Well, I really, you know, I do appreciate that, and I have had a pretty good day today, but it is kind of sad that uh, the Dr. Ron Paul uh, had a, an episode. He, he just sent a post saying that he's fine, but it's still pretty scary. I know you watched the video. I did not. I, I think they may have taken it down, but I guess uh, semi-breaking news within the last hour, uh, Ron Paul was doing a live YouTube stream and uh, had a medical emergency in the middle of it and was rushed to the hospital. So that's, uh, I do not want to be, I do not want my birthday to be remembered as the, as the, you know, the, I don't even want to say it. Yeah. Don't even Can't put that, it. don't even put that out on the world. Oh, I'm yeah. not. Let's not, not even say it. it. I'm against death. Yeah. Can I go ahead and um, call someone out real quick? Just yes. for fun. Um, Nick Sarwark posted immediately as this happened. Uh, here's the, here's the quote that he posted. The graveyards are full of people the world could not do without. I don't think it's a coincidence he happened to post that right there. The graveyards are full of people the world could not do without. So what he was basically saying there is that while you feel like you can't go on without someone or something else could not go on without someone, the graveyards are full of people that people thought the world couldn't go on without. What like a that's thing, the first thing you're going to say. What a thing to post right after that happens. I'm so glad that guy's no longer the chair. And yeah. oh, I want to say terrible, terrible things about him. But you know what? I'm going to be a, a, the better man because I am. And I'm going to just, you know, take a step back and not say anything, not well, say anything out of reaction. Well, that's not what I did. So I went ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so I went, I went to the post. And of course, everyone on there was calling him a uh, earmuffs, kids. And Charlie's mom, a piece of shit. That's what everyone was calling him. Oh. And so I went on there and I said, I see a lot of people on here calling you a piece of shit. They're all wrong. To call you a piece of shit is a disservice to pieces of shit everywhere. You are far <laughs> worse. So I thought that was cordial enough. You know? Love Nate from Good Morning Love Nate from GML. <laughs> so we've already had a couple back and forths with him before. So um, we'll see. <laughs> We'll see how it goes. Anyway, just not a good thing. Not a good thing to say. So uh, anyway, prayers go out to the Paul family. Thoughts and prayers out to the Paul family. I really hope uh, that he is okay. He is 85 years old. I hope he lives to be 195. Well, I'm, that's what I'm hoping for Yeah, as well. I hope that this is just a little hiccup on the long, long road to freedom. So anyway, he is uh, he is for sure the person who changed me from a conservative to a libertarian for sure. And I think you're about the same way, Charlie. Yep. So, um, we've, we've driven, you know, all the way up to Iowa to see him speak before and seen him speak other times. So anyway, just a somber, somber birthday for Charlie. It is. That you is know. very sad. I do like that. He posted that he's fine. I mean, that is encouraging. Yeah. But Nate, I have to say, looking at our, you know, our live stream, you're very dark. Mm-hmm. 
just yeah. all around. Yeah, I've been putting on a lot of weight, so I just oh. thought maybe go as dark as possible in here. Black shirt, <laughs> black walls, hardly any light. It's really the I've best way. I've got the way. blue backlight. I've got a blue shirt on because that's my favorite color. Then mm-hmm. I've got the yellow contrasting yeah. each other yeah. with the Constitution and the Don't Tread on Me and, you know, the Preds colors, blue and yellow. It's just kind of my thing. Marisa saying, rem- yellow, remember I'm when you called, yellow. remember when you called him Mr. Ron Paul? You shut your mouth, Maurice. Okay. <laughs> that happened. You know, uh, maybe you would get nervous if you met him too. It was. You know, I was just, I was nervous. <laughs> I was meeting the Godfather of Liberty and I was nervous. Oh you know, man. Well, I'm never- more nervous talking to him than I was a girl, like any girls. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Stephanie. When Stephanie and I went on our first date, she would, you know, she'll tell you I was the most confident person ever. But talking to Dr. Ron Paul, I mean, I was shaking in my sneakers. Well, since we have got a short episode to do because we had a lot of we had a lot of te- technical difficulties getting the episode going, and Charlie's got a hard stop today. And uh we're gonna go ahead and run through the the second story here on the list, which is we didn't talk yesterday about Brianna Taylor and what's going on with that. So obviously big decision came down. Now it is important to note that this was a grand jury decision. This was not, um, this, this wasn't just the attorney general or anything like that. This did go before a grand jury and they did make that, they did make that decision. I don't know who was on the grand jury. I don't know exactly what was presented before them, but that is an important thing to remember and that they, that they did put that before a grand jury and that is what the jury came up with. So, and a lot of people don't realize, I'm sure everyone listening to this show know, but a grand jury is, is what they will go towards to see if you're going to be prosecuted for something. Can they bring charges on Mm -hmm. you? And, and, and so that, that's, that's what they came up with. So I think that we should talk about that today. And I'm going to present uh, my side of it, which is that uh, I want everything to change about this. I want no-knock warrants, uh, no-knock raids to be banned. I want all that stuff to be taken away. I know in Louisville they've already done that. I know that Rand Paul has already put up the Justice for Breonna Taylor Act. This has to be stopped. The drug war needs to be ended. All those things need to happen. Legally down to the letter of the law that exists right now, I don't think they had anything to charge any of the officers with other than what they charged the one officer with. I think that's all we have right now. Um, We can all disagree greatly with the fact that no-knock raids exist and that no-knock warrants exist. But as far as the law goes, I don't know how they would have charged him inside of what the current freaking precedent is and everything when it comes to this. So I don't know where you're at on that, Charlie. Well, like so a- that, that's my biggest problem. So, you know what? So you do have to understand that it was a grand jury. The second thing you have to understand, though, is most jurors, because these are regular people, a grand jury is made up of a, a jury of your peers, just like it would be if you were on trial, essentially. So they, these are people from the community um, that they that, that are selected for, for grand jury duty. Um, and the, the thing that they don't know about, essentially, is a jury nullification. And so the problem is, is that they were presented with evidence and what the statutes consist of. And technically the police didn't break any laws, but that's the problem is that the laws exist for the police to act in this way. Whereas 
you can be charged with reckless endangerment for firing a bullet through a drywall that may hit somebody. But the fact that you do fire upon someone who's not armed um, and didn't even know where you were looking and you end up killing someone, well, there's no charges then. Like, look, I'm not saying a lot of people want the police to be, and we'll get into this, but a lot of people want the police to be, you know, put to have, to have murder charges. I don't think murder one or murder two is, is the right call. I would say something like neg- negligent homicide or manslaughter would be something better because even if the laws, uh, even if the police didn't technically break any laws, they still should be held, uh, held accountable for taking an innocent, innocent life. And these laws and the no knock warrants and, and the things that they're able to get away with need to absolutely change because the, 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 um, the probable cause that they have to give, and even the Supreme Court decided, um, I can't remember the exact case, but um, they decided that there has to be a little bit more than an overarching, well, drug dealers typically fee- flee or destroy evidence. You have to be a little bit more clear about why you want a no-knock raid, even though Supreme Court ruled it was constitutional, which I find absolutely abhorrent and a complete violation of the Fourth Amendment that specifically states that you have to specifically state the things to, and the persons to be searched or seized. Um, and so the, the, the whole no knock thing to me is completely against the constitution, but you know, the, the grand jury doesn't, I would say most people in the grand jury and you need a super majority, obviously nine out of the 12 have to vote uh, to bring charges. And so they probably, you know, I if you think about to me, if you think about normal folk, who are sitting there getting the information and say, did the police violate the statute? And they can look at the evidence and be like, oh, well, they didn't break any laws, so I guess we can't bring any charges against them. And I find that absolutely infuriating because I imagine Brianna Taylor as my girlfriend or my mom or my grandmother or any woman related to me who was, um, could they have done something wrong in the past? Sure, who cares, whatever. I, I, I don't care about any of that. This person was sleeping. I imagine my sister or my mom or my girlfriend sleeping and somebody coming over, not announcing themselves, busting down the door and then killing that person. I would be absolutely outraged. All right, guys, we got to break in here real quick to tell you about our sponsor, better help, better slash GML. I'm telling you there is no better time to take care of your mental health in this year, 2020, the pandemic, there have been many, many reasons that you need to speak with a counselor, and there's there's no shame in it. I'm, I'm telling you right now that I use BetterHelp, and it's absolutely amazing. I can schedule a video call, I can schedule an audio call, or I can even just text and chat with my counselor if anything pops up where I am feeling down and out. And, and talking about your feelings, it's scientifically proven, I'm telling y'all. Talking about these types of things, you can't or you shouldn't handle it on your own. I'm somebody who tried to do that and it makes things worse. So in my own personal experience, I'm telling you, there's no shame in talking to someone and now there's never been a better time to do it. Yeah. BetterHelp's really cool. If you just go to betterhelp.com slash GML, they'll actually match you with a therapist that meets your needs. They're licensed, they're professional. They'll go through a questionnaire on there and they've got a lot of different therapists on the app, on the website. There is an app also and on the website where they'll match you with the person that suits your needs. And you can even, you can choose between people that are available. Uh, And it's just a really cool thing. So you can start talking to someone and in less than a day, 
you know, this is professional counseling. Like Charlie said, you can text, you can call, you can do all this stuff. It's so much cheaper than actually going in to an office somewhere. Trust me, I, I've done it before. And BetterHelp is a much better deal for talking to a counselor. So if you're dealing with uh, depression or stress or anxiety, I'm dealing with anxiety all the time, just sitting around worrying about stuff all the time. If you're in a relationship that needs some work, if you can't sleep, I check off a lot of these actually. The, now that I now that I read through the list, um, hold on, I'm just going to make my account on BetterHelp here real quick. <laughs> good thing so, you signed up. Yeah, that's a good good thing that, that we actually get to read for them. Now, when I saw that we were going to read for them, I was really pumped about it because I'd heard about them before. It's uh, something that I've used before, and it's something that I have no problem recommending to people whatsoever. So guys, BetterHelp is, it, they're growing so fast that they're hiring new counselors in all 50 states. We want you guys to start living a happier and more meaningful life today. As a listener of this show, you guys get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash GML. Join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash GML. Of course, the, the issue is going to be all the precedent that exists and what do the police have the right to do when some when they are executing a search warrant that's been uh, that's been signed off on by a judge when they do a no-knock raid and someone does start shooting at them and they are in fear for their lives and they return fire in the general direction of what was probably a dark apartment because it was at, at midnight. Um, what... What are the legal repercussions for that when you're returning fire in the direction of someone who's shooting at you inside of something that has been signed off on by a judge for you to go do? I don't really know if there's going if there is a possibility of of legal repercussions inside of that. And I think that's that's what they found. I disagree with the whole thing existing for sure. And that's how you actually stop this from from mm -hmm. happening. That's how you would actually stop this. I, I don't, I, you know, we'll talk about Charles Barkley here in a minute and Shaquille O'Neal. They both are in hot water because Charles Barkley was saying that he doesn't think this can be lumped in with George Floyd, that this is not the same thing, that the, he basically said what, what we just said, that this was terrible, but that the cops were executing the warrant and that it was legal what they were doing and they returned fire after they'd been fired on. And this is not the same thing as someone just killing George Floyd. And that's, that's what Charles Barkley was trying to say last night. You can't just lump this in, in the same thing. We're there in hot water. Usually, you know, athletes take ice baths. Yeah. So it's just a, a sometimes big deal they're in him. hot water. Yeah, it's a big you know, deal. I guess it's a little, yeah, a little different. So, uh, you know, and Wes said here, he said, Chuck, you can want jurors to decide morality, uh, but they are supposed to judge things based on the law. And I understand that that's supposed to be their job. However, I would push back on that and say there is something called jury nullification where the jury can decide that a law is immoral, that, that the law is that, that, and, the, and then our court system is based on a reasonable standard. Is it reasonable? Ask yourself this. Is it reasonable? And I know it sure as hell is for me. If somebody starts busting down my door, is it reasonable that I protect myself? That was the Supreme Court decision was the Castle Doctrine. Is it reasonable for somebody to be busting down your door? And for me as a person, a regular, normal, logical human being to reach inside my gun 
my well it's missing now it's at the bottom of the ocean but it used to be there to reach inside my bedside gun safe pull out my pistol and start shooting at whoever's trying to bust in my door i don't know who it is and why they're trying to bust through it i wasn't expecting anything nobody talked to me about anything and like like is that reasonable or not and that's what our court system is supposed to be based off of it's this is old english common law and you know, we have gone so far since the war on drugs in the 80s. It's been 40 years now, almost. We have gone so far away from those types of things where, you know, well, we're just supposed to decide what's based on the statute. I, I disagree with that. Like, look, slavery was legal. And I'm not comparing the two things, but something can be legal and also immoral at the same time. And I think on a reasonable standard, I mean, if that's the case, then, you know, hell, I'd be going to jail. I mean... If somebody killed one of my family members, I'd be going to jail anyway, probably. Yeah, I I would have to slight. I I kind of agree with you. I also kind of kind of don't. We've talked about this before. I don't want juries to be deciding things based on their personal morality because I don't know what theirs is going to be. I always throw up that I I think that what West said is is pretty true. And I think the difference here is that jury nullification applies if someone is being charged with something. So jury nullification can say, well, this is not reasonable. I don't think a jury nullification is deciding to charge someone with something when they think they should be. I think jury nullification would be uh, Walker, the guy who shot the police officer in the leg who was in the apartment. Well, they originally brought up charges on him. And yeah. jury nullification would be if that goes before a grand jury, then they say, no, this is ridiculous. It was completely reasonable for him to return fire when, by the way, I didn't even know this, when plain closed officers busted in his apartment. Right. I didn't even realize that they were plain closed officers. And and so uh, then I would say there's ju- jury nullification. But jury nullification to me is not. I can't find a law that fits this, or I think there should be one, so therefore I'm going to find one to charge you with. That's not nullification. That's whatever the opposite of that is, I mean, and that's well, too scary to me. Well, here's, I mean, is killing somebody not an, an just a, isn't that self-evident? I mean, wouldn't that be considered a, a reasonable person shouldn't kill another human being? Well, it, that, it, de- it definitely is, but you have to, are the, P- are the police officers legally in the wrong? Like that we're arguing from the standpoint that we don't think no-knock raids should exist, which we can all agree on. And if they do exist, and if a judge signs off on them, and if they do one, and the person in the apartment starts shooting at them, what, a, what do the police officers do right then? So then who's, who's held accountable? I, the the government itself, they have already gone through a wrongful death lawsuit, and I believe the family's been awarded a pretty good amount. Uh, 12 million. You don't always have to hold, like, I don't know if there's specifically someone to be held accountable here. I think the only people held accountable need to be the politicians that allow these laws to keep existing and the people that keep voting in the same politicians. That's who needs to be held accountable. I don't know if a person who is following, if a police officer who is doing what their job is and and going through and executing a warrant that has been signed off by a judge and then gets shot at when they go in the apartment and returns fire into the bedroom, if you just 
have to hold them accountable for hitting the person. I mean, there's a bedroom and one person on one side of the bed and one on the other, and you're returning fire into a dark room. They are holding someone accountable for their, what is it, wanton endangerment, something like that, for the bullets well, going. Well, actually, yeah, well, well, what happened, they had gotten out of bed, and she was, he was at the, or came to the door and ended up firing. He fired a warning shot, as according to the facts of the case. I, I was reading the FBI report. He fired a warning shot in the lower part of the door, which ended up striking the officer. Then the officers busted in the door, and they just started shooting. And the problem was Brianna was, she had obviously woken up, gotten out of bed and was walking down the hallway. She was unarmed. There were no drugs inside. And the thing about it is, is like, God, you just like bust down a door and just start firing. Like what, what kind of training or accountability is that? I mean, the military has more restraints than that. The rules of engagement are more strenuous than that. And so what kind, what type of, I, I understand what you're saying that they were, given basically they were doing their duty so to speak and even though even if their duty was wrong how do you hold somebody accountable for that and and i understand that point um but my question is is what what is the incentive to change something if nothing's going to happen with this besides the taxpayers being forced to pay 12 million dollars to somebody's family as if it was their fault yeah i, I mean that, i don't I I just I still feel like we're talking about this from the standpoint that we all agree that no knock rage shouldn't exist and the war on drugs shouldn't exist. So we're very upset about this. Let me ask but you. That, let me ask you. The police get the wrong address, or let's say you had suspicious packages, or you, you know, one of your ex girlfriends you used to date turns out she's you know a big drug trafficker and you didn't even know it, and um, you know she sent you a I don't know a birthday gift for some reason. I have no idea why, but let's say the police busted down your door and, and killed your wife. And um, I mean, what would your feelings be? Would you think somebody needs to be responsible for that? I wouldn't want to make that based on the question of what my feelings would be. I'd, Fair enough. I want to answer it based on, is there a law that they could be held accountable under? If there should be, then that's what needs to be changed. So would my, Fair well, enough. what would my feelings be? Yeah, of course. Um, I can't have anyone on any kind of juries or anyone. I don't ever want anyone to an, to answer a legal question based on what are your feelings. Yeah, so, that's fair. Um, I want to run through exactly what happened with this just so we can clarify some of it. Uh, because a lot of this I didn't really know. And uh, ABC News did a pretty good timeline of the whole thing that happened with Breonna Taylor. And... I. I I think it's good just to clear up the whole thing. And obviously, I just want to focus. I mean, I know all of us here agree on we've got to do something like Rand Paul's bill, the Justice for Breonna Taylor Act. We've got to end the no-knock raids. Um, we've I know Louisville already did that. And that needs to be done all the way around the country. And that's that's how you stop something like this from happening. And then you need to go on and end the whole war on drugs because there's no reason that people should be busting in weapons out because they think someone might have the wrong kind of substance inside their apartment. They, they may or may not. Like, it's just ridiculous that people have to risk their lives based on whether or not there could have been some kind of a substance inside of a box or not in the apartment. Like, it, it's it's completely ridiculous to me. So. Mm-hmm. 
So March 12th, let's go through some of this. Louisville Metro Police Department detected Joshua Jaynes files a request for a no-knock search warrant of Breonna Taylor's home after investigating the activities of Jamarcus Glover, who was known to the police as a drug trafficker, according to the warrant. Glover is Taylor's ex-boyfriend, who, according to police, was using her address to mail drugs through the post office. Police note in the arrest warrant request that they verify with postal inspectors that Glover was receiving packages at Taylor's address. By the way, I've seen reports on that last part there that that has been that that is contested. Yep, and it is. Later in, yep, later interviews so, uh, contest that. So this is where I will. Uh, I think there could be some leeway. Still, I don't know if the the personal officers are going to end up being held responsible unless one of the off, one of the detectives here was one of the officers that was there. I don't know, but the detective that filed the request, I think, could end up being held accountable for this if they filed the request under false pretenses then then that's going to be then there is to me some criminal negligence on the part who of the person who filed this under false pretenses that led to this happening so i i think there's there's a big issue there i still don't know if it falls on the specific officers that were that were right there in the room uh, Glover is Taylor's ex-boyfriend. We were talked about that. The no-knock warrant is requested due to the nature of how these drug traffickers operate. These drug traffickers have a history of attempting to destroy evidence, have cameras on a location that compromise detectives once an approach to the dwelling is made, and have a history of fleeing from law enforcement, according to the court document. So we got to go in guns blazing. Uh, there's the no way... I don't- the thing I don't like about that is that violates to me the opinion of the Supreme Court on the Castle Doctrine when that was challenged by but because this is too generalized. You know, like uh, due to the nature of how these drug traffickers operate, these drug traffickers have a history of attempting to destroy evidence. Like who is these? Yeah. You didn't specifically name anyone. And like the reason why I had some guy arguing with me today about the Fourth Amendment, like the Fourth Amendment is very clear. You have to specifically name the the person and the things to be searched and seized and so even in the the guise of if no knock warrants would even be constitutional let's just assume that it is which i don't think it is then i mean how in the world can you say these and not be specific about who actually has the camera set up where the cameras are located yeah and and the people that destroy the evidence and uh, flee from law enforcement. Like you're doing a no knock based on past experiences with other people that aren't this person whatsoever. That's yeah. Yeah. That's a, I got you. I'm picking up what you're throwing. Okay. Minutes after midnight as Brianna Taylor and her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker are asleep inside their ground floor. So it's important to remember also that the person Jamarcus Glover was not at this residence like that's not the 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 idea was that he was using brianna taylor's address to send drugs back and forth and they're kind of just alleging that she knows about it or was allowing him to do that was was part of it but they were hoping to see some drugs uh saint let's see their ground floor apartment at the saint anthony gardens in springfield drive there are knocks on the front door plainclothes louisville metro police department officers uh, these three guys use a battering ram to force open the green door with a gold number four hanging on it, at which point police say they are met with a gunshot that strikes Mattingly in the thigh. So the important part here is whether or not 
they announced themselves before they went in. And there is controversy over this. There is one, there is one witness saying that they announced themselves before they went in. And then there's a bunch of other witnesses saying that they did not announce themselves before they 25 other. Yeah. And I don't, there's, there's only one reason they would say this because this is a no knock warrant. So there's no reason that they should have had to announce themselves before they run in, right? Like before they beat down the door, what's the purpose of having a no knock warrant on someone? Does that mean that that you have to announce or that you, that you don't have to announce. I don't know. Well, why did they knock on the door <laughs> beforehand? Yeah. So they knocked on the door. The only reason they're saying this is because the guy opened fire when they came in the door. So what they're trying to say is that he knew that they were police and he was shooting anyway, instead of the idea that he thought someone was breaking into his apartment and he was trying to defend himself. And also can anyone, <laughs> can only police say police? Yeah. Or can anyone say police? I, yeah, that's just say police when you break into someone's house. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And if they shoot at you, well, I mean, that's attempted murder, man. Police officer. So the three officers, uh, well, we'll say they are met with a gunshot that strikes maddeningly in the thigh. The three officers blindly return fire with more than 25 bullets, some entering other apartments, including one with a five-year-old child. That is now why. That's important to me right there. The three officers blindly return fire. Yeah. As if they've never had any training whatsoever. They're just, we're going in blind, guys. <laughs> Everybody put your blindfolds on. <laughs> Start yeah. shooting. I don't I mean, I'm not trying to make a joke. I just it's it's just appalling to me. Walker, a licensed gun owner with no criminal record, calls nine one one tearfully pleading for help as he thinks a home invasion is in progress. He now, said clearly he must have heard police because now he's calling nine one one saying that that he, you know, I haven't heard the tapes. I don't know if they've released them or not, but it describes it here. as him tearfully pleading. He's saying somebody kicked in the door and shot my girlfriend, says Walker to the 911 dispatcher. Taylor, 26, is fatally struck by at least eight bullets. Walker surrenders as, and is taken into custody on charges of attempted murder of a police officer, which uh, is is ridiculous, so, which is why they did drop the Drop the charges on that. And, of course, they found no drugs inside Taylor's apartment. March 26th, Judge Olu Stevens agrees to release Walker from jail in the home confinement in order to keep the jail population low as a preventative measure because of coronavirus. The police union says that that was a terrible decision to release the guy because he was a, in a, <laughs> he was a danger to the public. This, this licensed gun owner who... Uh, fired when someone broke into his house that it was a ridiculous thing to release him because he was a danger to the public no criminal history whatsoever uh just just totally nuts april 27th uh sam aguilar and lonita baker file a wrongful death lawsuit in jefferson district court may 15th louisville postal inspector here's the important part postal inspector tony gooden says that his office was not part of an inspection of possible drug trafficking activity and packages delivered to brianna taylor's address so that is contradicting what they put inside of the actual warrant itself was that they had already spoken with with those people and that they were you know involved in the investigation now the postal inspector Tony Gooden says that the, his office was not a part of it so there's still i think going to be some things come out of this 
Uh, let's see, 22nd Commonwealth Attorney, Commonwealth Attorney Tom Wine announces that charges against Kenneth Walker have been temporarily dismissed as the FBI, Department of Justice, and Kentucky Attorney General open their own investigation. And on June 11th, Louisville, Kentucky Metro Council unanimously passes Brianna's law. So they, that means they are getting rid of the no-knock warrants, and they require body cameras to be turned on before and after every search. Weird that it took till 2020 to get that. Yeah. Uh, June 23rd, we've got uh, the Hankinson, Honkins, Hankinson uh, is fired from the Louisville Metro Police Department. And then they are investigating to find Hankinson violated procedure when he fired 10 rounds in the Taylor's apartment while executing the warrant. Hmm. So you can't blindly fire. Yeah. Seems like you're yeah violating procedure. The, it's like gun, gun safety 101. The city of Louisville announces it has reached a record $12 million settlement with the family of Taylor. And September 23rd, a Kentucky, a Kentucky grand jury indicts Hankinson on three counts of wanton endangerment. The charges against Hankinson stem from bullets that penetrated a wall of the residence and entered a neighboring apartment, according to the attorney general. So that is where we're at right now. And then, of course, we have protests and all kinds of stuff going on around the country with that decision. So that's 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 where we're at at the moment. I just wanted to get that timeline out there for people. Mm -hmm. So it's you know, I'm I'm uh, interested in what exactly they're finding, uh, what they are saying he did wrong as far as firing the 10 bullets in the department, what procedures they're going to say he violated and they did find them guilty of the one endangerment or they are sorry, they're going to prosecute him for that. And, uh, you know, I don't think that this is the, I don't think this is the end of it. I just, I don't know if they're going to, if they have what they need to be able to charge someone with, with murder in some, in some kind of way. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Rob says, uh, rule number four of firearm safety if you can't see your target, just shoot at noises. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then they both say him and uh, Magoo both say, especially if the noises are coming from directly above you. <laughs> <laughs> it's safe to do it then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause then it doesn't matter. As long Safest as you, way to shoot. As long as you get your level out, you'll be fine. Uh, Charlie, what time do you have to leave? Because I have the most ridiculous article ever that is in here. And uh, you got to, what would you say? Three fifteen. Yeah, that's the, like a literally hard stop. Like I got to be basically walking out the door. Okay. So 314. Yes. <laughs> okay. Making sure, making sure. So Charlie, go ahead and start this climate change article because this is this is from Market Watch and this is talking about how we're going to need economy government lockdowns and shutdowns to fight climate change. Yeah. Before I get there, I just uh, to wrap that up real quick, I want you guys to let us know what you think, um, because it is sad that an innocent life is lost. And, you know, obviously we make jokes on this podcast. And, and so with it kind of being a, I don't know, more of a somber episode uh, with Ron Paul and then now Brianna Taylor, it's just a sad situation and all caused by government. And if we, if there's any reason to talk about what we talk about every single day is, is innocent people being harmed, uh, unnecessarily really. And it's not like, ac you know, accidents aren't going to happen, but what I liken it to is, you know, airline travel in the United States is statistically, uh, safe. Um, and I really think that we should 
we should have police departments where the actual number we're aiming for of accidental deaths is zero. Mm-hmm. Just like the, the number of plane crashes we aim for is zero. And so if we're going to have police and if they're going to have the ability to take a life, um, then they, they better be damn sure that they're, that it's correct because there's no coming back from this. It doesn't matter how much money their, her family got. She's no longer here. So, and, and, you know, her life mattered. Anybody who's innocent, everybody's life matters. And so, and I'm not saying that all lives matter. Trump's black lives matter, whatever. Don't <laughs> send, if you're mad about that, send me an email, Nate at goodmorningliberty.us. But um, what I, what I am saying is, is that, you know, we, we talk about this pot, this podcast is all about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. And, you know, the first one is life and, and like you are put, I believe you're put here for a reason and that your life can have meaning and value to other people and no one should be allowed to take that from you um, at all. So I just think it's very important that we note that situation and what we can do to try to, to stop this. And the first step is ending the drug war. Um, And the other thing is, I don't know, there has to be some type of, some type of accountability um, I obviously think them changing the, the no knock warrant law, at least in Louisville is a good step. Perhaps we can get that done nationwide. I don't know. I know Senator Paul, Senator Rand Paul introduced the uh, justice for Breonna Taylor act, which tried to outlaw it nationwide. And how many other senators wanted to vote on that? <laughs> uh, prob- probably, probably no. a couple. I don't know. Yeah. That's sad. So, all right. On to climate change. So, this coming from Market Watch, we need to act boldly now if we are going to avoid economy-wide lockdowns to halt climate change. As COVID-19 spread earlier this year, governments introduced lockdowns in order to prevent a public health emergency from spinning out of control. In the near future, the world may need to resort to lockdowns again, this time to tackle a climate emergency. So they were just testing out their powers mm-hmm. to make sure that they could lock us down for a climate emergency. Shifting, let's listen how terrible this is, shifting Arctic ice, raging wildfires in western U.S. states and elsewhere, and methane leaks in the North Sea are all warning, they must smell up there, are all warning signs that we are approaching a tipping point on climate change when protecting the future of civilization will require dramatic interventions. Boom, boom, boom. Sounds like a a terrible, terrible movie. Um, then the, the one thing that really cracks me up here, the raging wildfires in Western U S states, I mean, they have flammable trees. They're, you know, they're you guys heard more the president. Flam- they're the most flammable that yeah. you just, you just touch them and it goes it up. It just goes up. They're like <laughs> so flammable. Yeah. You know, under a climate lockdown, government would limit private vehicle use, ban consumption of red meat and impose extreme energy-saving measures while fossil fuel companies would have to stop drilling. To avoid such a scenario, we must overhaul our economic structures and do capitalism differently. Well, that's always comes down to that evil, greedy capitalism. Yeah, it folks. is. You're going to find throughout this, we can we can tag team this article some because it's... wrote this garbage. It's not, I didn't put it in here. Absolute garbage I, already. I can't believe MarketWatch even posted it. Yeah. But, <laughs> Three right. interconnected crises. COVID-19 is itself a consequence. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) COVID, we found the answer, folks. COVID-19 is itself a consequence of environmental degradation. So, 
that's, you know, because you guys throw your trash out your car window, COVID-19 was born. <laughs> it's One recent study dubbed it the disease of, anth- uh, say that it's, for me. It's Anthropocene. So I looked that up. Anthropocene. And what that is, is they're talking about geological eras throughout Earth's timeline. And what they are calling the one that we're in now is the era in which humans have led to our climate to be changing. <laughs> and that is Jesus. the geological era that we're in right now. <laughs> Jeff said in the live group, Jeff said, sweep your florists. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So moreover, climate change will exacerbate the social and economic problems highlighted by the pandemic. These include governments diminishing capacity to address public health crises, the private sector's limited ability to withstand sustained economic disruption and pervasive, uh, pervasive social inequality. Tell Nate, (laughs) why did the private sector have limited ability to withstand sustained economic disruption? Because the threat world, did they have any trouble with that? Because they don't want to get no-knock warranted for opening up their businesses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You do the math. Yeah. How about they were not? They were forced to close. Number one. Number two. The the private market that was trying to help curb this was withheld. Was held back by none other than government. Mm-hmm. It's. I just don't understand how you can write something like oh, this. Oh, dude, we're in the most sense-making part of the article so far. Okay. All right, let's get through this then. (laughs) These shortcomings reflect the distorted values underlying our priorities. For example, we demand the most from essential workers, including nurses, supermarket workers, and delivery drivers, while paying them the least. Without fundamental change, climate change will worsen such problems. The climate crisis is also a public health crisis. Global warming will cause drinking water to degrade and enable pollution-linked respiratory diseases to thrive. According to some projections, three and a half billion people globally will live in unbearable heat by 2070 because we all know those projection models are so accurate. They're they're projecting 50 years into the future and we're supposed to be worried about three and a half billion people globally living in unbearable heat. Yeah, define that. Define unbearable. What's unbearable? And by the way, how many of those people are just about already in that heat because they live in Africa or different places in the Middle East? Or know, Arizona, that, or, or yeah. <laughs> New Place Mexico. Is, place is hot as hell, man. <laughs> Addressing this triple crisis, not only just one, guys, this is no, a triple threat. triple threat. It requires, it requires, listen to this, reorienting corporate governance, finance, policy, and energy systems towards a green economic transformation. To achieve this, three obstacles must be removed. Business business that is shareholder driven instead of stakeholder driven finance that is used in inadequate and inappropriate ways. <laughs> what's what the definition about and government that is based on outdated economic thinking and faulty assumptions. Well, you know, I don't <laughs> mind that last one there. Corporate governance must now reflect stakeholders needs instead of shareholders whims building an inclusive Sustainable economy depends on productive cooperation among the public and private sectors and civil society. This Since means when did they start separating people out between shareholders and stakeholders? I have no idea. Like what? Since when do you just get to call yourself a stakeholder of a business? What, what's at stake for you? What did you put at stake? You mm-hmm. know, what did you risk? 
If that business you, closes, can you just go somewhere else? Yeah. What did you put me, at stake for that business? To call yourself a stakeholder is a, a disservice to stakes all everywhere. Yeah. Okay. I'm waiting for the stakeholders to line up for our business. I know. Where are they? They're, yeah. They're not here. No, but they're, they're going to, they're going to claim their stake without having to do anything. Mm -hmm. Now they're going to get into the nuts and bolts and how this happens, right? Because there's only one way to do this. So this means firms need, they need to listen to trade unions and workers, collectives, community groups, consumer advocates, and others. So of course, you know, it's trade unions and the collective. That's what we usually listen to. It's democratic. Yeah. Yeah, That's how we fight this evil, greedy capitalism. That's going to make us all die. Never mind the fact that capitalism has produced the most ridiculous world ever imagined. I mean, Jesus, I I know Christ wants to come back soon because of how great it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, likewise, government assistance to business must be less about subsidies, guarantees, and bailouts, and more about building partnerships. This means attaching strict conditions to any corporate bailouts to ensure that taxpayer money is not is put to productive use and generates long-term public value, not short-term private profits. How about we just don't even do any subsidies? Yeah, and, since, since when is the government putting money towards something going to be so good at being put to productive use and generating long-term public value? And not just short-term profits. The government yeah. can't create short-term profits or long-term value. Those are two things they've never been able to do. Ever. So, so like acting like they can somehow decide between the two of them is is completely ridiculous. Actually, so, they did do it one time. What, what did they do? This was during the gold confiscation. <laughs> okay. So they took everybody's gold and they paid you $20 an ounce. And then they immediately passed the Gold Reserve Act and jacked up the price to 35. That's $15 profit. Yeah. They're automatically. They did create some short-term profits that way. All right. So you continue on here. Not, this is what we've talked about so far, folks. This is not ambitious enough. No, we're not even talking ambitious enough, guys. These conditions are a start, but are not ambitious enough. Not even the things we've been talking about are ambitious, uh, ambitious enough, either from a climate perspective or in economic terms. The magnitude of government assistance packages does not match firms requirements and the conditions are not always legally binding. For example, the Air France emissions policy applies only to short domestic flights. We got to go further. We got to control everything. Mm -hmm. Far more is needed to achieve a green and sustainable recovery. For example, governments might use the tax code to discourage firms from using certain materials. They might also... Did they just admit that higher taxes discourage production? What? <laughs> they kind of did. They just, just a little bit. Yeah. Right there in the middle of the article. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I didn't even catch that. <laughs> they might also introduce job guarantees at a company or national level so that human capital is not wasted or eroded. Let's make sure mm-hmm. the government introduces guarantees so things are not wasted. Oh, my God. This would help the youngest and oldest workers who disproportionately suffered job losses owing to the pandemic and reduce the likely economic shocks. Finance needs fixing. During the 2008 global financial crisis, governments flooded markets with liquidity. But because they did not direct it towards good investment opportunities, much of that funding ended up back in the financial sector unfit for the purpose so that's that's what we need to do is the government need the right people in office nate to direct it towards good investment opportunities here's the most ridiculous part right here entrepreneurial state because markets will not lead a green revolution on their own government policy must steer them in that direction (laughs) 
as if things like Tesla and all kinds of other things just don't exist. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, they're instead of making cars more efficient and and with less emissions, they're just getting worse. I just, um, you know, I was going to get this new 2020 Toyota Tundra, but it turns out it only gets like a quarter of a mile to the gallon. Yeah, they they just keep getting worse (laughs) because there's no incentive for the market to make things get better gas mileage or to make really cool electric cars. They have no incentive at all. Not, I mean, Tesla's not back up at four hundred eight dollars a share right now at all. No, there's just, no, there's no way that in the past few years Tesla has gone from being nothing to being more valuable than freaking GM at <laughs> at all. It's it's insane. This that yeah. first line is markets will not lead a green revolution on their own. Government policy must steer them in that direction. That is completely insane. Completely insane. Policymakers should therefore redesign procurement contracts in order to move away from low cost investments by supplier. So basically they're going to have to subsidize everything doing that. Finally, we need to reorient our energy system around renewable energy. The anecdote to climate change is the key to making our economies energy secure. We must have ever thought, have you ever thought of like, what if we get so uh, climate and energy renewable efficient that what if we like go back into an ice age? (laughs) (laughs) We reduce our carbon emissions so much that everything starts freezing over. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that uh, that that has it. We could go too far in the other direction, <laughs> and we ban carbon so much that that we flip in the other way, and we all end yeah. up being yeah, just frozen mm-hmm. to death. And then we have to have this big push to try and to try and get fossil fuels back because right. so then we ban electric yeah, cars <laughs> because big because big solar is destroying the planet, <laughs> and uh, and so we've got to. We've got to get those poor oil workers have got to get their jobs back, you know, and those coal fire plants that Trump destroyed. Well, we've got to get those back out there. Yeah. No, I totally see this. It's so funny. I hope I'm alive to see that. (laughs) Man. Oh, anyway, this is just this is complete non sensory. But the idea, you know, people will put up with lockdowns. We've we've proven that. And if you make it a big enough if you make it a big enough threat and enough people agree on it, then uh, what what will they be able to do? All kinds of stuff. Well, you like just have to have governors and the president and everybody declare a state of emergency. Yeah, exactly. And once that emergency is declared, they can do whatever they want. Yep. Charlie, you got to walk out the door. <laughs> I know I got to go. So, guys, thank you so much for all the birthday wishes. Um, I really appreciate that. Everybody knows uh, that I love you, and I really appreciate you guys all listening. So go sign up for whatever Nate is going to tell you to sign up for, and uh, I'll see you guys on Monday. So thanks again. All right. So let's finish this up. Guys, things like this are, of course, different types of scare tactics that people are going to use to, uh, well, to get you to give up whatever amount of power that you might still have left uh, to get whatever amount of taxes they can get out there. When I made that big solar joke a second ago, I I really do mean stuff like that. Like um, the idea that these companies that are pushing for all this big uh, green renewable energy are not going to still be run by human beings that are susceptible to all types of corruption and being power hungry in all kinds of ways like this. Um, that's really always bothered me. I've made tons of jokes about how we're going to have big solar leading us into wars in the Middle East because they need all that space for putting solar panels out there and they have to keep them all, they have to keep them all safe out there. But these are still just people who are trying to make money. And even though we throw, we attach some type of a noble goal behind it, 
just deciding that we have to destroy all of these evil companies and prop up all of these others. It's not the way to do it. And there is a chance that someday they could start doing more of these bands like what California just did. And I'm, you know, I'm not looking forward to that time. And I'm actually, it makes me less hopeful for the electric vehicle future. Like we talked about yesterday. I, I think markets need incentives. We've seen what has happened with Tesla. When Tesla got so big, you see what has happened with all of the other major car companies that are trying to throw all kinds of awesome, just awesome electric cars out there. And that's purely just because of the competition and that people are moving towards wanting that. I, I mean, I don't even, I, I don't even think that they're going to do that big of a deal, but heck, I want to, I want a Tesla. I, I want one. I think it's cool. I think it's a, a pretty cool idea to go ahead and plug up my car and have it still be more powerful than most of the other cars out there. And also have to not worry about buying gas. Like that's just because the market did that. Was I thinking about that when there was a, a Prius out there or whatever. I mean, I guess Priuses are hybrids, whatever. But anyway, you get the idea. So, of course, the answer to all of these problems is socialism. That's what they. That's that's what they're pushing. Socialism. It sounds just like everything that Bernie Sanders wants right here. The corporate governance, the uh, the carbon emissions taxes, all this stuff, and uh, we just can't let them push that way. We can't let them do that, guys. Let us know what you think about the conversation about the Breonna Taylor thing. And uh, let us know what you think about this article too. Send me an email, nate at goodmorningliberty.us or post something in the Patreon group when you guys listen in there on Patreon. If you want to talk about it and let me know your thoughts, we're always open to other ways of thinking about things. Uh, Charlie and I didn't really agree on this whole decision here, but uh, both of us are open to hearing other opinions on it. And I'm open to hearing other opinions, and and so is he. So let me know what you guys think. Go to mastermystonks.com and get 20% off. Today's Charlie's birthday, and there's only a few days left of the month. If you want to get 20% off, go do it. All right. Go to mastermystonks.com if you want to get started day trading. Today, get 20% off for two months by using the promo code 20STONK. And go to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. And go on there. Join all these awesome, awesome people that are hanging out with us every single day, commenting back and forth. I don't know how we would do it without them. So anyway, guys, if you do all of that, tell a friend, tell your communist uncle, get them all over here to the show. You guys do all of that. We'll be right back here again tomorrow. Until then, have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Liberty.